So my mom says to me, don't ever listen to that crap, but you are a gift. And my mom was an artist. She would wow. pull that shit up and tell me, the Lord does a great garbage. And one day you'll be a masterpiece. And then she took me down the field and she placed me on a football field and she said, you're going to go find out what you're made of. No, I don't want to. Oh, I know what you want to do. Go to that deep, dark ocean right down there. But you're not. Not on my watch. You're going to figure out who you are. And maybe you'll be surprised if you give yourself a little chance. Maybe you'll be surprised. NFL player, college player. I was a walk-on, man. They told me three times we don't have a scholarship here. Nobody else did either. All right. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Vision Builders, where the show about freedom, what it is, what it takes to create it, uh, and to share it, and the age-old practice of leveraging other people's hindsight to bring clarity to our own developing stories. And today, I'm really honored and privileged to have a longtime friend and mentor on the show with me today. Uh, this guy is, is, has made a life practice of sewing into young men. Um, and I was one of those young men, uh, I, I, you know, the white in my beard, don't, don't let it fool you. Like once upon a time, uh, I, was, I was a young guy. Um, I'm still a young guy, don't, you know, get it twisted. But um, Blaze Winter, uh, you know, I, I could go down the list. He played in the NFL, uh, although there were many who may not have seen that coming, played at Syracuse, um, but has just, be, just made a habit of, of speaking life into, into people. And, and now he's helping the next generation figure out what it takes to be at the highest levels of, of performance. So uh, welcome, Blaze, to Vision Builders. I'm here, man. I'm here. I, uh, it's always great to be with you. You know how I feel about you. It's always great to be with a brother, with somebody I admire, with somebody doing things the right way. And uh, we're a great example, you and I. We really are. We're a great example of what it should be. We really are. And, and I think that's, that's part of the uh, ultimate freedom, isn't it? Uh, you know, to have that bond, that appreciation, that respect. Uh, for another person and, and, and from the fact that you have observed that person and you know they're really sincere, not necessarily that I or you are you know, flawless, we have flaws, yeah. but to know that we're sincere about the mission, uh, that's, I mean, that's freedom, man. That, that's, so it's great to be with you. It is. Yeah. Well, thanks. I mean, it's funny that you, um, I mean, you went right into, I'm, I'm so glad that you said what you just said, because I want to turn back the clock a little bit, um, and then I'm going to turn it back again. Uh, but the first one is just how we met. Uh, you were, uh, you were like one of the guest uh, coaches, clinicians at a football camp at Georgia Tech, and I was 15 years old, thinking that I knew something about the game of football, and you got a chance to see me do my thing and also speak into that. But then after a couple of days of, of practice, we got a chance to talk. And I don't know exactly how it happened. I don't know that I care, but I really believe it was a divine encounter. And, um, and after talking for a little bit, you asked me, you, you, you cut to the chase in a way that I'd never had anybody really approach me. You said, 
are, are Kale, are you for real? I don't know if you remember this moment, but I, uh, I, said, I feel like we were crossing the street, or we were coming from the locker room area out to the you know, walking, and, and I I really believe I remember the place I said that to you. Um, and, and and go go ahead back to your story, but I, I you know it's funny that you mentioned that because I I recall certain moments with you. Yeah, so we were leaving uh, the field, and we were. We were crossing the street right before you get to the field house. We were all going to change, and that's where the conversation kind of continued. Um, and it wasn't a long conversation. It was simply, are you for real? And I, I didn't know how to answer that question. Um, and it, you essentially said, you know, my, it, It's probably one of my better conversations because it was short. <laughs> I've years, man. Blaze, and I know how you are too. I know yeah. how you are. You know, we are constantly reminded by the people that we love in our life. Condense it, keep it short and sweet to the point. And I believe I was probably, uh, uh, I probably did a great job uh, with a few words, not too many. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the end, the the result of that sh relatively short conversation, certainly for both of us was an exchange of of information and you kind of threw down the gauntlet in a way you said hey if you if you're for real call me when i'm in town right. um i want to i want to if, if i can help you in any way i want to do that and and frankly my mom and dad had always kind of they'd kind of lit the fuse for this idea that when if somebody says they're willing to help you you better show up and show out right like be where you say you're going to be when you say you're going to be there. And I'm so grateful for them for that. Um, uh, but when you, you handed you me that, raised, I was like, this is gold. You were yeah. raised right with that thought. You were raised right that, hey, man, you have an offer from somebody who has some credentials. Then at least see if they're for real, the offers of being number one there for you or not. I, I, you, you don't know how many people I've said along the way, hey, I'm here for you. Use me. It won't cost you a dime. Here's my personal number. Here's my email. Here's my blah, blah, blah. Here's where I live. I'm not a friend. I am here for you. And 99.9% .9 don't pursue that. And what if I'm being used by the man upstairs? In that moment, well, we learn if we're on the other side of it, don't miss out on these signs and symbols and deliveries of love and of inspiration. Because if nothing more, maybe they're meant to jolt you into really believing in the, in, in, in the ultimate love from the Lord. So... You know, these are heavy thoughts, but you and I have grown to be that way. But I'm glad, you know, again, you, you little things like uh, the signs just by being observant and then stopping and making sure you don't miss it. And in this case, you did um, reach out and we became like family. And, and I'm forever grateful. Well, me too. Again. Um, and, and just to be clear, like you extended that. And so I used to have a truck back then. And, and when you came down to Atlanta, I would, I, I, I told everybody on the defensive line on my team, this guy said he'll help us. And only a few people showed up. 
And that's, isn't that life? Like, isn't that how it is, right? Uh, but I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, because one thing I, I, I love about your story is that from the beginning, um, you have been familiar with adversity and huh. what it takes right. to punch it in the mouth. And, and that, that experience or that willingness or whatever it is or wherever it came from, I would like to kind of get to, get to that a little bit. Um, you, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's ever said about you that you're an intense dude, right? Uh, no, like I, that's, I, I, I've heard it more in a negative way more recently because there's a PC uh, overwhelming voice of political correctness and you hear that a lot because so many channels there's so many people that control this um and they're they have agendas they have missions and sometimes you know it, it's really easy to sort of you know realize that you get caught up in things that you don't really want to be caught up in or you adjust i'm faithful that you and i feed off of sincere energy, passion. We also both have learned it from martial arts, from fighting. Sure. I've been around really amazing senseis that know how to channel it. They know how to channel, channel it spiritually, intellectually, or physically. They know how to channel their energy. And it's really sad to see a common response of, you're nuts. Well, why? Well, you're so energized and you're so, and that is, believe it or not, much more common now than 20 years ago or 10 in my life. Now, I've had to look at it and say, well, why? Privately, why? Had that conversation with uh, my, my father above, my family on earth, why? Why is this so bad? Well, it's not bad. In the reading, in the scripture, in the in family times with my own children, it's not bad. It's just sometimes people shut off with abundant energy and ambition. They shut off. And I and I'm, well, why? And then the study goes back to a um, uh, an understanding that we're hearing over and over and over that you know it, it's real fine line with being angry and that is completely not true that is misinformation and the misuse of knowledge to steer people that are quite naive at times into feeling well you know he's angry i'm not angry i'm just energized and the people I learned to be energized from are a lot of them are what they're combative people, meaning they play football or they're in dojos or they're in MMA or they're that's my field. So when people you know bring those two things together, oh, you're just another one of those guys that you know punch my lights out. Now, if you go a little further, and I want give this back to you one minute, my good friend Terry Crews, who is a pretty powerful celebrity in Hollywood, has faced this his entire life. 
from being a husband to being a father to being uh, an athlete to being a black man on this earth as being they expect me to be what violent and physical and and this is part of what we've had to what sort through because ultimately why are you doing what you do if you're doing it for all the right reasons go back to what keep doing it if i know why i'm energized and why i'm passionate over you and i i mean i know my motive is to love you to give you all i got to make your show a success because i care about you so if i'm doing it for all the right reasons keep doing it if there's a few to the left or to the right uh, i can't worry about them i feel sorry and i have a conversation with them but if they want to go down the the you know fox cnn all the other baloney you know listening boob tubes they can't but i, I i'll pray for them that's all I really do, but I, I have to be me. Blaze, listen, I I I am so glad that you just kind of went into all that without even me having to 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 you know poke at it because you know you can't you can't see what you've seen you can't do um, and I want to get into some of that you know you can't have experienced what you've experienced and then see people next to you no 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 I don't mean this from a standpoint of superiority in any way shape or form. But you can't see people who clearly have an idea of, of, of how they want to live, not getting there, not becoming their best version. Um, and also then noting the lack of intensity with which they live their lives and not wanting with urgency to kind of love them into their best version of themselves. And so like, you know, that's what that's one thing about about you that has been such an anchor in our in our friendship. I'm being flash fat. Oh man, I'm at, I'm headed toward the deep ocean of darkness. Uh, but Mama's right there saying that God doesn't create garbage. Mama's right there is telling me, "Hey man, don't ever listen to that counselor who said to her when I was sitting on the floor behind her that." Your son's going to live a quiet and slow life, and you should you should accept that because not all of us can. Now let me wow. repeat that: a master in a school educated system brings my mother and I into a middle school because I was about to start the middle school after elementary school in a different building. Now all that time I spent in dumpsters and being beat up, they had a plan. So my mom was curious. Rather than leave me at home, mom said, what? You're going to hear what they're saying about you. And maybe it'll turn into something good because it usually does in the end. And I'm, I'm celebrating misery left and right. I'm looking at my mother as nuts. How many young people do that? Nuts. You know, I mean, maybe my father's right. And maybe I should have been aborted. And I'm having all these bad thoughts. And I'm walking down a hallway in a school three times the size of my elementary school into a counselor's office and my mom is convinced i'm going to hear something good good because there are good people out there that see the best in you and this lady says not everyone's meant to live a exciting life some people are meant to live a 
quiet and slow life. And we should accept that. At that point, my mom grabbed my left arm, pulled me out of the office, slammed me against the lockers in the hallway about 10 feet from that door. That lady never came out that door. Most people don't come out the door. Why? They're cowards. So they stay in that door, that room, and wait for the more the, the next victim that will literally believe you'll live a quiet and slow life because look at your nose, Mr. Winter. Listen to your speech, Mr. Winter. Look at you, Mr. Winter. Well, my mom against the lockers was mad. All 275 pounds, six foot one, looked down upon me and looked me in the eye and I felt her presence like I never felt before. I call them defining moments. And we're meant to remember defining moments. You know, when you're watching a movie, you, you all of a sudden find yourself in a different place in time. And you say, oh, I remember this. And it's something thrilling to you. We're meant to remember these things. So my mom says to me, don't ever listen to that crap. I am sorry. I am so sorry. But you are a gift. And my mom was an artist. She would wow. pull that shit up and tell me, the Lord does a great garbage, and one day you'll be a masterpiece. And then she took me down the field, and she placed me on a football field, and she said, you're going to go find out what you're made of. No, I don't want to. Oh, I know what you want to do. Go to that deep, dark ocean right down there. But you're not. Not on my watch. You're going to figure out who you are, and maybe you'll be surprised if you give yourself a little chance Maybe you'd be surprised. NFL player, college player. I was a walk-on, man. They told me three times, we don't have a scholarship here. Nobody else did either. I was a rebound guy because someone quit. The head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I believe still is, right? Uh, Doug Marone. Jacksonville Jaguars was an offensive lineman. One year younger than I am. He quit three times. And you know why he quit? Because you're looking at who beat the living crap out of him every day. Because he was what? Recruited by everybody. He was Mr. Everybody. And to me, he was just another what? Obstacle that I had learned to interpret as a blessing. I'm going to beat the living hell out of this obstacle, this adversity. And I'm going to take that spot, that my, that my gap. That's my ball carrier, not yours. You know how that feels, right? So, hey, man, you know what? That person later on may not like you, but you know what? You live with yourself knowing the truth. And you do know the truth no matter how much you drink yourself out of it or you what? Take drugs to get out of it or you just want to find excuses to get out of it. Eventually, you all wake up and the mirror tells you what the truth is. And that truth is, hey, man, this is what I am. And rather than be upset by it, the journey, the track I'm on, my mom is right. I wouldn't want any other track on this earth, not at all. Because, hey, man, I, I'm smart now. I know what I see. I know what I hear. And I know the needs of others before they open their mouth. And what we need is to understand, man, there is no excuses. There is no what. Looking at a road that we're on as a disadvantaged. No, no, man, it's adversity. It's a blessing. Take it that way. 
if not for you and your life, for somebody else in their lives. You will plant a seed and you will what? Turn the whole what? The whole ocean into something bright blue rather than deep and dark and unknown. You'll define it for millions of people what you could do. And I define an over, overachieving blue collar kid that he had a place in the NFL for not one year, but for 11 years. I played with Junior Seau. I played against people like Elway and laid on top of me. I heard squeals from Montana. So I ramble a lot, but you know how I am, man. It's, it's all about the truth right now and, you know, for where I'm at. And, and the trees keep pulling by, and I refuse to miss a tree. I refuse to miss anything that's out there because, you know what? You really start to listen to yourself taught later on in life, more than when you're young. You listen to everybody else when you're young. Later on, you listen to yourself. And too many people have to talk, have to talk better to themselves. You know, we talk about this idea of, of being counted out, right? Like this idea of, of people because they are themselves afraid, projecting their fear on you in under the guise of advice, under the guise of caring, when in fact it's their own their own failures. Uh, and they need to justify that those failures were were appropriate, like that that it's okay that they failed. And so they tend to project their failures onto everyone else. And one thing that you, I mean, with the help of a loving mom, like my word, uh, I don't know where I'd be without my loving mom, <laughs> but, but uh, who, who helped you see, not to say that anyone is perfect, but like we all need people to kind of help us see uh, more clearly what's possible. And, and so, so you were in middle school, had no interest in playing football. Oh, and you could not possibly have known the, the, the stature you would grow into. Those were the um, same people, uh, Kale. They were the same people that put me in the dumpster. How can I play with that group of people? Because they were going to kill me. But again, it, it wasn't a speech. It wasn't a uh, let's sit down and talk this out. It wasn't what the counselor said, which is, hey, man, we all have to learn to get along. Sometimes we learn to get along by fighting each other, by simply outlasting another person in the process that we're asked to be in. And on a football field, thank God, in a dojo, in a ring, on a, on a wrestling mat, it was speaking over and over of what the qualities that I had that we all have. How do we bring them out is the masterful motivator. The masterful motivator says, hey, man, we have answers to fear, answers to failure, and answers to fatigue. And if you keep it that simple, how do you get yourself going to where you need to be? Get in shape, become smart, which most of us aren't anymore. And, and most importantly, start to believe in something higher than yourself. See, every one of those dojos that I got masterful in taught me about a system like this. They never taught me about a system like this. They taught me that the only way we all survive is there is someone higher than you. There is someone better. We're not all what uh, entitled to it. We earn it through our day-to-day -day work. As soon as we become all equal, 
everything disappears. We are not. We are going to what? Change the levels based on the commitment we make to our own well-being and the well-being of the people around us. And that's called teamwork. That's called teamwork. Every football team that I was on that was good had that same philosophy. And people say that are coaches that are, well, looked upon as great leaders and inspirational people. They, they always say you learn more life lessons from a football field than probably any other place you could be on the face of the earth. You don't learn it in a room locked in, running away from a virus. You go out there and play, you look at yourself as what I could do to keep other people from being harmed by a virus. And then you let people live. And when they live, they start to love. And when they start to love, they're more apt to guard one another. You don't need to have somebody telling you what to do for the sake of their own personal vote. You need to, to have people that truly are what? Wrapped to a mission, not a political mission, but a mission of substance, like you find in dojos and on football fields. I find it really fascinating to find on a football field that nobody really gets a rat's ass what the person is to the left and the right. I've played against uh, with Samoans. I've played with black. I've played with white. I've had coaches that I've coached with and around that are female. You eat it for the right reason. I'll respect your ass if you do it day in and day out. If you're not, and you're looking for a handout after one day, I'm going to be the first to come to you and say, you ain't cheating this. You're not cheating me or these players or these other people. And if you do get away with it, one person who did not get away with it. And the truth is always pushed. And, and the reminder of loyalty. Can I come back to you even though I deceived you? What do we learn in scripture? Absolutely. I'm forever forgiving. And I'm not God. I'm just learning from the word. I'm learning from people that have done this entire in their entire life. See, I wake up, and this is something I told you in pride, but I wake up now on this, and before this even existed, on a phone with a port, and sometimes a letter when I was away from a phone since ninth grade. My, my mentor is who? It's Jose C. Victor. Jose C. Victor, my mom handed me off to in ninth grade to learn how to lift weights and get a little stronger. Jose C. Fitcher is a six foot three, 275 pound chiseled black man. And my mom noticed him, recognized him, handed me off to him. Since I met him and developed a relationship, relationship with him in ninth grade to this morning, I'm 58 years old, almost 59. He hasn't missed one day getting me a spiritual message. Not one day wow that's power that's freedom that's love health and happiness that's what it's all about man even if one knee doesn't work your heart works a little bit harder your mind works a little bit harder they take your mind you have legs i've had people walk across america on their hands i've been inspired by i've had people that are called what down the road his name is victor then the neighbors I get more out of Victor than I do anybody else in this whole damn neighborhood. Because Victor is genuine. He's a loving human being. 
Is he the smartest? No, I don't need that crap. Smart misused is evil. Smart misused is evil. I, I don't want that in the short time I have remaining in my life. Hey, I ramble, but you know how I am about living life to the fullest, and that's why you know you don't have yeah. to say to your shows. Well, listen, I want to get into one thing. Um, yeah. I mean, this time has just flown by. Um, one thing that, uh, you know, when Lucas was, was he came to visit uh, a couple of weeks ago, and of course, our conversation, because we both spent some time with you, uh, went, went to you, and we were just talking about, um, you know, the, the, the then and then after, like the pre-Blaze pre <laughs> and then after. And we talked about how, you know, you, you know, at least for my own, for my own part, you gave me some things to study, some things to train in. And I went from expending a lot of energy and being maybe like half 50% effective yeah. to expending a lot less energy Yeah, Chill. and having a whole lot of fun. It felt like the game slowed down. And while this isn't a conversation just for football players or athletes, um, I think that lesson translates directly to life, right? Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was strong. I was reasonably fast. Um, I knew that there was this idea of, like, if you run into anyone, make sure you punish them, you know, the, the, all, the, all the stuff, all the tropes of football. Yeah. But I didn't really know what I was doing. And I met with you, and you shared with me, like, but mentally, what are you trying to accomplish and why? And you gave me some drills. And I drilled like a maniac for the next calendar year without, like, and, you know, we'd have practice or we'd have workouts. And then I would be on the field by myself or with Luke or whoever was around, like, just drilling these little things. Yeah, little things. And I went from expending, like I said, expending a lot of energy to sometimes be okay to, you know, I, I graduated from high school as at, with the with the most tackles in my position in the state of Georgia. Um, the most tackles for a loss in the state of Georgia. And I will tell you, I was not that gifted. I'm, I, was, I was reasonably gifted, I guess. But like, there were for sure guys who were Oh yeah, more gifted than me. I a lot work. of them, actually. I know. I remember you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in fact, some of the same guys were in the same camp where you met me. You know. Uh, uh, you learned to be efficient. You yes, learned I learned to be efficient. I learned about economy of movement and, and absolutely. And, yep. and that concept, which is strangely enough, like I had done martial arts as well. I don't know why I couldn't put two and two together. I needed somebody Most to kind of come from the outside and put them together for me. I looked at these different disciplines from Ishiru to Esprima to uh, uh, um, uh, bows to blades to all types of rotation principles with the wrist to elbows with Mutai to the base and rotation of the torso. Uh, I just, it's a labor of love and then try to bring a player up to that level. And at this point, I go to players that are going to Brown or going to, you know, they're on oh, the walk. Uh, nobody, you know, I don't know. And I love to see three years, two years later, their scholarship starters uh, because, you know, there's always a level of appreciation. Some forget you in the process. That's okay. 
you know, but everyone saw you get that guy. You know, we had a guy named Troy Davis down here at UCF when I was coaching at UCF. Had a lot of time with me. And, you know, I remember people telling me, worry about him. You, you, you can't get through to his head. He's, he's nuts. He was nuts like me. Absolutely relentless nuts. One of the hardest work to do stuff. He's still playing at Canada. A couple of years in the NFL, three or four. Headed up to Canada for the last seven or eight. I mean, it's just or six or seven. It's just amazing. But it's all about what? Efficiency. It is in that way. Isn't it that way in life also? I mean, it really, it's that way about uh, even dieting. It, it's yeah. about analysts look at it in a rather efficient proportion and see which is too much and too little. Well, you know, you're, you know I, the reason I think that that stuff translates so directly to life is that, you know, what you, what you did for me is you helped me collect, collapse timeframes. Um, there aren't a lot of high school coaches. I mean, first of all, high school coaches don't really have the time with the athletes to to really drill anything specific they're generalists there might be some phenomenal human beings um but they have they have to be generalists and so what what um if anybody is wanting to go from here to there wherever that is at some point you've got to figure out what is important to you and get specific about it and then find a specialist in that specificity to try to collapse timeframes. Cause there's no way I could have leveraged all of the experience that you shared with me based on my own experience. I didn't have it. Um, I'm glad it was understandable. I'm glad it was also believed in. There's many, many people that understand it on day one. They don't go back to you on day two. And by day three, they're off doing something else with someone else. Believed in. Listen, Blaze. I, you know, I think I, you know this, but um, I got asked to help out with a few football camps later on for I, again, yeah. season. And you know what I did? I pulled out my old notebook. I didn't pull out my old playbooks. I didn't pull out anything that I got in college playing football. I pulled out my own my old notebooks. Like after football camp, I went I went home and I like wrote everything down that I could remember that you taught at, at, the, at the camp. And then of course, I'm there, I've got mountains, mountains yeah. of, uh, of notes. Well, and that's the thing, like I, you know, the seven no's, like I, I kind of went through, oh, yeah. if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna pour into these, what's the best of brand, right? Like what's the, what's the best out there? And so I'll be honest, I just, I just channeled my inner blaze uh, <laughs> and, and shared with these kids, uh, some things that they could take with them. Uh, and, you know, who knows? So, so you have out there, at least from my part, I'm sure it's way more than me because you're working with so many coaches, second, third generations of people who have benefited from your labor of love, I, as you just called it. I am so incredibly honored when um, Anthony Munoz said that he's the pioneer that started all this. And I'm like, no, no, man, I, I appreciate it. I didn't say anything back to the man because I learned my lesson when he beat the crap out of me on the field. Anthony Munoz is one of the best, and he has a right uh, to be that way. Anyway, being silly, you know, you know, people like Andre Tippett, people like Randy White, people dared to look at martial arts as an alternative to ballet or dancing. I understand why guys were doing dancing and ballet. When I was a cult player in 80, uh, 1984, we had a ballet teacher come in. 
for the for the reason of what balance coordination absolutely true but it was not quite a connection mentally because we're all very physical people then you put a guy like andre tipton or randy white and they're bringing martial arts people into their lives and we're all saying that makes a lot more sense <laughs> and we're still learning balance and control but now we're learning how to put holes in things we're learning how to move people we're learning how to do things that are related to our own sport and that's where it really all started blowing up with myself great wolfley uh touch elkin by the way, we all have to say a prayer for my buddy that I played at Syracuse with, Tim Green, and recently just diagnosed Tunch Ilkin, offensive lineman, great offensive lineman. Both of them have ALS. Uh, Tim has had it for three years, um, uh, working his butt off as he usually does. Great human being, played with the Falcons for seven or eight years, uh, written best-selling books. I think he's up to 39 books. Amazing human being. And just recently, Tunch. But we had guys like that. We had groups of people. Tunch was in the offensive side of the room. I was in the defensive side of the room. And we're teaching people like you, hey, man, here, here's how you dissect. Here's how you can work your way in. Here, here's a, you know, and then you develop that creed. And for me, that creed has been what? Fight I will. Since that those days, by that wills, my morning creed, my nighttime creed, that goes along with my prayer. Fight I will. I will fight for my Lord. I will fight for my family. I will fight for UK all my loyal friends. I will fight for what the Lord wants us to fight for. And again, not everybody understands that terminology. Oh, you're a fighter. And I'm a lover. That's why I want to fight. I, I if I'm not in love with my wife. She's in harm's way. I turn my other cheek and run. You see, my point is, I fight. I lay it down on the line because I know what value myself unless I do, unless I do. And, and there's ample stories in scripture of proving that fact. And that we're always trying to what? Be somewhat like it, even though we're far removed from it. But there's stories and places and people that we can identify with our history we don't want to bury our history, and they shouldn't be offensive to anyone. If it's only offensive to people that see what, uh, that we should blanket. No, no, man. There are people that did wrong, and there are people that did correct themselves on the way. There's people that did right and became ugly later on. We learn these things. So maybe we built less statues, but maybe we start to say, wait a minute, man. Maybe we should learn something from some of these other people, like you did me, or like I, I, I'm done later on with you. I mean, it is, you have paid me back as much as I paid you ever. And, you know, I mean, it's a stupid word, payback, but I think it's important uh, to know that um, you've always given me a, a chance to feel they're worthy. That's important for each of us to feel like we're worthy of a mission. We're worthy of fighting. We're worthy of opening our mouths to share your hearts and soul. A lot of what, as long as I'm in the right place in my heart, and I know my Lord knows. Not everybody else may know, but I know my Lord knows I am. There's not one thing in my, in my life I do with ill will or ugly heart, not one. Just the idea, you know, just trying to unpack a little bit of that. You know, here's a guy 
who was not told that he was a, a thoroughbred, but was given essentially from jump, you know, when, when all the social contracts are written, so to speak, of where we're going to fit into the world, was given adversity. Every, other people might be dining on popularity or on, on uh, some, you know, their, their, their looks or whatever. Uh, you, you were given a mom, right? You were given a mom would fight for you. Still, uh, she still paid some, I'm a handsome dude. I don't know how, I'm not. Yeah, yeah you and I both married up. <laughs> hey, hey, I've got to tell you a story to wrap up today. Is that cool? That's great. That? I'm gonna, uh, it's on my mind. When I was playing for the Green Bay Packers, 88 through 91, um, in 88, they had a fan day. They let all the fans on the field. Remember the old day, they let them all on the field near the player. It doesn't happen anymore. But they let them all rub elbows and get close to them. We all tell stories. So I'm on the field. My wife is uh, uh, standing right maybe near me. We're about to get married a year later, 89. And she's proud. I'm proud. Or, you know, things are going right. I'm playing. You know, I'm living my dream. At that point, I'm in my fifth year, fourth or fifth year. And this guy says, hey, I've got something I want to give you. One of the fans up in Wisconsin. You know how the fans of Wisconsin are. They're, they're oh, my, they're, they're the best. They really are. So he pulls out of a bag, uh, not a gun, not anything ugly. He pulls out a picture of a horse. And it has a rider on top and seemed like a, a wreath. And he explains to me, true story. He explains to me, and I had this picture out of my garage, haven't put it back up because there's no basement in Florida. He says to me, hey, a few of us own a racehorse. And we decided to name the racehorse after you. And I'm like, name your horse after me? Yeah, we named our horse after you. We, he, he's not real fast. He, he's never won a race, but damn, he tries hard. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he, and he gives me this picture, and it has the same story on the back, named after Blaze Winner, not real fast, but tries real hard. And I'll forever, it's one of the greatest moments of my life. It wasn't an insult at all, because I was wearing, hey, man, Green Bay Packer colors, proud team to be a part of for four years. So, it was an amazing, you know, sort of way to conclude this time with with one of the people I love in my life, Ko. And I hope I, you know, I I, I can't come back and slow down a little bit. But you know, again, uh, I think the C nineteen is causing a lot of us to feel a little bit, you know, trapped. So hopefully, it wasn't too boring. No, not at all. I mean, I you know, there's there's a ton of his wisdom when I, when I was a kid and, and part of this might just be culturally uh, i i remember my childhood was full like we were not shooed away when the when adults would come over and have conversations we were invited to sit and listen and so i remember many many weekends uh, of of my childhood just sitting in a room with a bunch of nigerians talking and just listening to their conversation specifically um, about life and about, uh, you know, approaches to politics or solving problems or all sorts of things. And 
every once in a while I would be asked to go get a beverage from the kitchen or something, but essentially um, that was that. And so I, I just, I want to, to let you know that it was those times that formed a lot of the bedrock of, I would say, social skill that if, if I have any social skill at all, it came from those times. And this conversation with you, I hope can be that for somebody, you know, can, can be an opportunity to just kind of listen to some of the, some of the clues, you know, usually in, in these conversations, I'll stop and point out some of the nuggets and, and oh, oh, make sure you go back to this. But I feel like this is one that, that, that people can listen to, maybe listen to again. And, um, you know, really, really start to pick out like where, where you're coming from. Before we get off of this call though, um, your fight is not over. I wanna know, I want, I want people to know how to connect with you. Uh, if they've got any young, young men who are interested in, in getting better at football or they're a part of a community. And I know that's not all you do, uh, you, you're a dynamic speaker, um, but uh, how can people get in touch with you? Man, I'm easy through social media, through even though I'm sort of pushing further and further away from it because I feel it's so misused. Uh, more and more people have found a way at times, um, not all, but many enough to make me feel uncomfortable. Let me put it that way. But social media, my you know name is Blaze Winter, B-L-A-I-S-E, Winter. Um, email is easy, Blaze at my full name, blazewinter.com. And um, I mean, it's really easy to find me with, through the avenues on the internet and, and through uh, social media. And, and um, I, uh, uh, I encourage people to reach out. Um, when you do that, you get some that are reaching out for all the wrong reasons, but we'll deal with that the right way by just delete. And then we have some that, you know, reach out because they really have a need. Um, I'm very proud of saving a few lives. I'm very proud of the fact that I spent time with people that were hurting in moments of real doubt about their own self-worth. And they, for some reason, identified with me and found me an inspiration to them someplace, sometime in their lives. And they had the courage in that moment to say, hey, Blaze, I, I, can I just talk to you? I mean, it, it's been quite a ride. I, I at times don't feel it's relevant anymore because it's quiet, but that's a thing that I'm dealing with in my own life. Um, but you know, I turn grocery stores, I turn you know uh, supermarkets, I turn Friday night lights into um, uh, having someone listen for a very short time, um, even if it's just a you know find a will. Um, you know, it sort of seems to connect to a heart. And um, the last thing is I don't think, I don't think um, I know that the war is with me more clearly now than ever before. And for those that don't quite understand it, you should give yourself a chance. I, I think there should be a lot of people that just go home and really give themselves a chance to grow to understand this unending uh, love coming from the ultimate source of hope and, and, and a bright future. Um, uh, I'm not talking about a flag and I'm not talking about a car design or a, you know, a, a symbol. I, I'm talking about just what it is, man. And 
And I think everything becomes crystal clear. To you it is, to me it is. And I just, I want people to educate themselves to what they feel. You know, it's called having a conscience. You know, when you do something wrong, you feel like, uh, we, we have conditioning going on where I didn't do anything wrong. I, I mean, the, the first way we help ourselves and our communities is to say, what can I do better? What can I do better? No, it's your fault. What can I do better to make this thing right? And it starts with what? Getting to understand what true love and you know, uh, uh, what the real thoughts are that connect you to resolving adversity and difficulty and uh, a lack of self-worth. Um, you know, we're all worthy because you know, God made us and mama's right. You know, we are all built to be masterpieces but we, had a, we have to add like a painter, like my mom is a painter, a color. You know, they have to add it. So I leave it with that, man. I, I love you with all my heart. And uh, I hope the listeners reach out to me with a, hey, I like what you said, or hey, I challenge what you said. I, I'm cool on either one. I actually like probably the, the latter more than the, the first, but that's cool. Well, that, yeah, then it's got somewhere to go. Well, always a pleasure. I'm grateful. Uh, I'm grateful. Uh, for this time that we got to spend together and um, you know for all of you who are watching this right now um, if you like this kind of content uh, go ahead and like this video if you're listening if you're watching on, on YouTube uh, if you're listening on podcast uh, leave a comment uh, or, or rate it especially if you're listening on Apple iTunes it just makes it possible for more people to see this type of content also, uh, you know, if, if you really like this content and you want to see more stuff like this, uh, hit subscribe and hit the notification bell um, so that you can be notified whenever we drop more content. Uh, we, we drop content pretty regularly. Uh, so if you, if you are, if you're touched by this, if this stuff is helping you, uh, let us know, leave a comment so that we can, we can uh, continue to get better all the time. And with that, I would just say to all of you, thank you for tuning in. And uh, as always, build a vision, build a life. Peace. God bless you.